Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, October 25th. It is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere day. We have finally arrived. This feels exciting, right? This almost feels like um, maybe Vanderpump finale day. There's a lot going on. Very excited about that. We are going to talk about all kinds of Beverly Hills drama, etc. We're going to be talking about Dancing with the Stars and Kyle Mauricio and possibly another divorce that is on the horizon. Mm, not looking good from the things I've heard. I'll tell you guys all about that. We also can talk about Winter House, which premiered last night, and some other, you know, little side things that we've seen in the news in the last couple days. We are just entering into um, a very exciting time for the Bravo cult that we've all entered. Are you part of the Bravo cult? If you're not, get in there. I mean, I'm a proud member. I'm a founding member of the Bravo cult. I'm sure a lot of you guys feel the exact same way. We will get into all of that today. Thank you so much for being here. New subscribers, I see you. I am growing slowly but surely every day. And of course, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. I also have video on Spotify. So if you want to watch a video, but you don't want the, the ads over on YouTube, you can also watch on Spotify. The video is there. So just make sure to you know connect in any possible way that you can. And we're coming up on to BravoCon next week. You guys know I'm going to BravoCon. I will not be, I'm just going to be 100% honest, I will not be at BravoCon all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. In fact, I'm not even going on Sunday, but I will pop in hopefully a little bit on Friday and a little bit on Saturday. I'm just excited to be in Vegas. I'm excited to have a weekend away from my family. No offense guys. And I'm excited to meet a lot of you dosers. So if you're there, just make sure to be part of the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna, so we can connect and I can give you guys updates. Or on Instagram stories, I'll be honest about where I'm going or where I'm hanging out. Um, another exciting piece of news for Daily Dose of Donna, we have merch on its way. So we're in the design phase right now. I've already hired my team. They are working on it. We've got some really good little taglines that you guys helped me come up with. And um, that will hopefully come out in the next month or so, so that we'll have for the holidays. Perfect, um, fun, absolutely doser merch. I am excited about that. Today is also Wednesday, which is Patreon day. You know, I always release an episode on Wednesdays. Um, I am going to focus a lot on the Britney Spears book and a couple other things. You guys, I am, I am about, I think I'm an hour left in the audio version of Britney Spears book, which is probably about 80% through or 75% through, it is insanely emotional to hear. I mean, Michelle Williams is an incredible actress, so she definitely adds to the, the like almost theatrics of the words, but it, it, is, it is so, so devastating what this woman has gone through. And it really does paint her in a light that I never painted her in. And I hate to say that 
And you see it, by the way, right now, like it's kind of crazy because I was like, I hate to say there was paparazzi. And then I realized, holy, holy moly, I am actually part of the problem because here I am talking about people for a living, right? Like on the podcast. But it's really interesting how a story can be told about someone. Now it's different because of social media. I think actors and performers, influencers, reality stars, whoever, they have more access to be able to share their story and share their words and share their opinions and their thoughts. But back in the early 2000s or mid 2000s, I should say, before social media became so big and there was such an easy access to connect with your celebrity crushes or fans or whatever, you you would just go with what Us Weekly was posting or Perez Hilton, right? We didn't have such a eye-on or hands-on approach to who, who these people are. So all of a sudden, we're sitting and and we're hearing what Us Magazine is telling us or what, I guess, Entertainment Tonight was telling us or maybe what else? What other shows were Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight? Maybe the morning shows um, or like VH1, I feel like, had some sort of like talk shows about it, The Soup, like those kinds of things. And then the magazines, But Perez Hilton was kind of the forefronter of talking about people online. And he was so negative about everything. Remember, he was so like mean. It it, it came off so mean-spirited. So anytime anyone would have any sort of like indication of not being perfect, they would just get shit on. And honestly, I I believe that, yeah, E-News, I believe that Britney Spears was going through a very, very challenging time because I was just finishing listening to like the shaving head time and the umbrella. And honestly, I am so like, I'm so sad for her because she's talking about her kids and what made her kind of lose her shit were the kids and the kids being taken away from her. And as a mom now, like, how can you not connect with that feeling? Right. But maybe at the time I was like a young kid, I was like, whatever. She's just so crazy. And I was part of the problem with all of these people, right? We all fell into it. So I'm not saying Britney Spears is perfect, and I'm not saying that she's completely, fully 100% there, but I do feel awful, awful for her. So definitely listen to the book or read the book, and I'll be talking about it more on Patreon today along with some other stuff. The Justin Timberlake of it all. You guys really want me to deep dive Justin Timberlake, and I am in on it. And I'm starting to accumulate. All right, you guys, let's start with Dancing with the Stars from last night. So Dancing with the Stars aired last night with, it was a beautiful episode. I didn't finish the entire episode, but um, it was with, they had a, a, a wonderful tribute to Len Goodman, who was the judge who just passed away. And he seemed like a wonderful guy and all the former dancers that were there and, you know, the other judges were very, very connected with him and really, really loved him. And it was very sad to see the the beautiful rendition that they did for him, the tribute. Now, that being said, there was a little drama attached to this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a little bit of a drama because Cheryl Burke, who is one of the famous dancers, you know, pro dancers that were on that show from season one. And she won the mirror ball, I want to say at least one time. Cheryl Burke and other dancers, but Cheryl Burke, I want to say is like the biggest name dancer. 
that was they weren't invited back for this tribute. And this tribute brought back a ton of old dancers that are no longer on the show. Max Tramovsky, Tony Dovolani, Kim Johnson, I feel like her name is. I don't have all the names off the top of my head. But all these dancers that you recognize if you've watched the show over the last however many years. And so it really was a big move not to invite Cheryl Burke. So here's what I know. Now, obviously you guys know Lance works on Dancing with the Stars, my husband, but he's camera. He's not a producer. He's not hanging out with the talent morning through night to know the real drama. But I think, and the rumors that, you know, we're seeing online is that Essentially what happened was Cheryl has not been, I would say, a very good former employee of a show. So we talk about this a lot right now with like the Bethany and the Nini and the kind of bitter housewives. This is honestly what I think went down. I think Cheryl Burke left the show. Remember, she is admittedly um, now sober, but she definitely had addiction issues. Maybe she was highly, you know, maybe she was under the influence. Who knows? The, the relationship did not end very well. I think she wanted to be asked back as a judge and then was not. Derek Huff was. And I think there caused a little bitterness. Now, she has a very, very popular podcast that just came out this year. Um, I don't off the top of my head, I haven't listened to it, but I know it does very well. It's the top, it's in the top charts, especially in the TV and film category. It's called Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans with Cheryl Burke. Yeah, it's number one right now on TV and film over what Watch What Crappens, which is like a big deal because those Watch What Crappens guys are, are the best. These last couple of episodes, she's done Dancing with the Stars recaps. And then this week, two days ago, she had Tom Bergeron, who was the original host of Dancing with the Stars, you remember, with Sam Harris, which is so weird because I saw her this weekend. That's a whole other story. But um, she definitely has not talked like perfectly nice about Dancing with the Stars. And so I can see both sides. I can see why Cheryl would be devastated to not be invited and really sad to not be there. And I can also see why a show, a production would want to protect and keep it like good vibes only. Right. Um, another thing that Cheryl did very recently was she was one of the staunch supporters of Dancing with the Stars closing down during the strike. Do you guys remember all the WGA writer strike when that was going on? I find this interesting. This is not confirmed, but I find this interesting. So Dancing with the Stars has one Writers Guild member on a show on a crew of 500. It's not a highly written show. You have a little bit of a script, but the rest of it is basically improv. Um, not improv, but like um, off the cuff. It's live. So like what the judges are saying, they're not planned. Nothing is planned other than what the hosts, um, Julianne Huff and uh, Carlton, what they're saying, Alfonso Rivero. So when the, when the show was coming back into production, the Writers Guild was still striking. And last minute, like the people were going through all the rehearsals for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then last minute, people started striking Dancing with the Stars. And it was like a huge, huge concern for a lot of the cast and the crew, or the, I should say the crew mostly, because they'd been banking on having the show and getting their hours and et cetera, union benefits, whatever. And then all of a sudden there was a threat of it getting closed down. 
Luckily, it kind of skated through because the strike ended perfect timing right before the show. But in that time, Matt Walsh, who was one of the dancers, one of the um, stars who was competing, he is a, a strong guild member, SAG member, and he pulled out of the show. And he also went home week one. So I do think that there's a little bit of Maybe there's a little bit of bitterness there. And I wonder if that is actually, you know, Cheryl came on her podcast and also, I don't know if it was on the podcast or in press or on Instagram or whatever, but she actually did come out and say, I do not think that they should be going back to work given the strike where we all know that if Cheryl was on the show and knew that her paycheck was possibly going to get taken away from her because of the strike, she would have never said that. So it does come off a little bit like bitter Betty, right? I used to be on the show. I'm no longer, I'm bitter. I don't want to talk so positively of the show. I can see why dancing with the stars is like, no, 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 let's keep you away. Now, interestingly enough, I did see David Silver, Brian Austin Green from um, Beverly Hills 9020 happens to also be married or engaged to Sharna, who is a dancer, was a dancer from Dancing with the Stars. He and her met as a couple on Dancing with the Stars, ended up getting engaged and having a baby together. She is no longer a dancer on the show. And she also was not invited. So I think it's interesting that, you know, and he's posted, I mean, listen, talk about supporting your supporting your relationship. He posted a post that essentially just said, it was all in writing. Like you can see it like that. It says, I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was. Well, he didn't spell disappointed, right? So I'm a little bummed about that because it does, I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was for Sharna Burgess to not be invited for the tribute last night. It's disappointing as well that none of her family, he quoted this family in the ballroom, stuck up for her or spoke out. She's an incredible soul and has always been a friend to everyone. She deserved better. And um, some of the comments are so ridiculous. One person says, why do you need to be invited? It's a tribute. Why not just grab your family and go anyway? Brian's like, it's a show on a lot. You can't just show up. That's not how it works. So ridiculous. Um, someone commented, you're right to have your feelings. I don't think crapping all over the Len tribute is appropriate. It was an honor. It was to honor him, not the old pros. And he says, Erica, you're absolutely correct. It was about Len. My message is not about Len. But if you worked with someone for 13 plus years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He is not getting um, very nice comments. Just saying. So I don't know. Speaking of, we've got to stick on the Dancing with the Stars of it all because there is some Beverly Hills drama coming out of Dancing with the Stars. As we know, Mauricio and his partner, Emma Slater, have been now photographed holding hands and have been spotted multiple times, you know, canoodling on each other, according to Dumois and Face Reality 16 and a bunch of different Instagram accounts. Would it be shocking that they're hooking up? Absolutely not. Mauricio is technically single. Technically. I mean, he's separated. And she is single. She's newly divorced. And, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Plus, I do think that there is a lot of truth about couples coming out of Dancing with the Stars. And it's always been this way. Because it's the same as, like, the Ariana Grande and her guy. There's something about working together under close conditions like this, especially if you're touching each other all day and you have like scenes where you're in each other's faces, kissing, you're spending a lot of this intimate time together and it's a lot of hours. Their dance rehearsals are crazy, crazy, crazy long. Like I was speaking to someone, a friend of mine who works 
directly with Mauricio at the agency. And this person said, you know, their schedule is crazy. Like dance schedules are crazy. I mean, I know from Lance, but really, honestly, this is a guy that is spending all his time with Emma. So it's kind of like the Dean McDermott and Tori spelling of it. Like you get on set with someone and you start to develop feelings for each other. That being said, I do think that um, there's a little bit of a double standard here. So what happened yesterday was Mauricio released this like really sappy post, very sweet. Remember I talked about it yesterday about how he's dedicating yesterday's dance to Kyle Richards. Um, the song was Rise Up. It's all about your most memorable year. And this is, you know, he was talking about the year when he was 26 and he was married to Kyle Richards and he was broke and he needed to build up his career. And she really was his rock and like pushed him through by all intents and like purposes. It was so sweet, so kind, so sweet. What wasn't was Kyle's response, which was a non-response. Kyle Richards, as far as I look this morning, tell me if I'm wrong. She did not respond. He did not say anything. She didn't even like the post. She was tagged in it. She didn't post anything about it. She didn't promote him. Nothing. It's giving, like, embarrassing for Mauricio. Right? Because he's trying to pretend that, like, everything is fine and they're working hard on their marriage and they're giving each other, you know, they're still so copacetic and, like, they support each other and they'll always be friends and they'll always love each other. Actually, in fact, a lot of people are saying that I'll get to Teddy Mellencamp in just a second. But the actions are what's not speaking that, right? Kyle seems so over Mauricio. If these were two friends that I had in my real life, I would say they're so over, she's so over him. She has not posted a thing about him. In fact, she did delete a post about Dancing with the Stars yesterday. So this photo, according to TMZ, of them holding hands was incredibly disrespectful to Kyle. She's really upset about it. She now no longer will even support him being on Dancing with the Stars and support his career, you know, or moving forward with Emma Slater. I'm finding this to be hypocritical. Does anyone, like... I feel I feel like there's there's mixed messages in the Umansky household. One of them, Mauricio thinks that the goal here is to pretend like everything is going to be fine. We're we've going through a rough patch, but we'll work through it. We love each other. We have an amazing family. We'll stick through this. And Kyle is off gallivanting around the country with her rumored girlfriend, rumored, and and living her like new life. Portia. The daughter is still 15, 16 years old. God knows who's raising her. But I, I just don't understand. How is it disrespectful that he's holding hands with Emma Slater, but her music video with Morgan Wade, I'm going to make you love me, is like totally cool, right? There's pictures of Morgan Wade sitting on her lap. They're like always together. They're dressed together. They go on vacations together. She follows her to Paris and, and Lollapalooza in Chicago. Like it feels, is this like a, more of the game, the media game? Or is Kyle's goal to make us all not like her? I don't get it. Are you guys, is anyone out there? And I see some comments on our Instagram saying you will always rise above Kyle. You're so incredible. You're so amazing. You're so wonderful. But like dosers curious for you guys. Who here really does like still thinks that she is like the best, best, best? Who hasn't lost a little bit of like maybe admiration or or respect for her in this situation? It does feel a little bit like I don't know. They need to get on the same side. They need to get their story straight. 
it's feeling so confusing. It's obviously that they're not communicating. Clearly, they're not together at all. I don't even know if they're texting. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it what's going on and it's confusing and it's it's feeling gross, to be honest. And then Teddy, you know, Teddy Mellencamp is, is Kyle's best friend through and through. And she, I will tell you this. If I was ever going through any scandal or if I was ever going through a tough time, I would want Teddy Mellencamp on my side. Because if you have a friend like Teddy, then like that is the best kind of friend because Teddy has been so steadfast in her upholding Kyle um, for the last few months. Like she has not said one thing that would ever make her feel unsupported. Whereas like we can't say the same thing about a lot of these other housewives, right? Like a lot of these other housewives know how to say, listen, you know, even Emily. Even Emily Simpson from Real Housewives of OC, her and Gina are so close, but she was on Jeff Lewis on Friday or Thursday, I can't remember, and he said that Gina seems a little bit, you know, high uh, ego, I think she said, he said, like arrogant or something, and Emily's like, okay, I can see, you know, it wasn't an immediate defense. It, what Emily at least can like see it for what it is. So Teddy is insanely, insanely defensive over Kyle. And I don't know if Kyle's putting Teddy up to this or Teddy's doing it on her own, but I want, I, I really honestly feel like if Kyle was a good friend, she would tell Teddy, please, 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 like, don't feel the need to lie on my account. You know, just say, I don't know. This is between them. You'd have to ask them. Because Teddy was on some sort of, um, maybe it was Access Hollywood, one of, one of those shows, and I saw a clip of it last night, where it was Billy Bush, and he was asking her, you know, what's going on with Morgan and Kyle, and Teddy was like, well, we're all in a group text, and we all wordled together every day, and everyone seems really fine, and I just really want the best for the family, and everyone's just good, and everyone's happy, and they really get along, and it was just like a little bit, huh? I mean, how bad will that look if if Kyle and Morgan actually do come out after this entire time as a couple, which they should because they are, um, and I hope they do, then it's like, how about all those people that lied for her knowing clearly that it was happening? I don't know. Katya says maybe Bravo said they can't talk about it. It's possible, but... Yeah, it's possible actually that Bravo's like hold on to it until the show, but I don't know. We all know that like when Scandaval came out, oh, I guess like, I guess they would want, wouldn't want them to talk about the fact, are they actually together or not so that we watch the show to see if they are. We'll have to see what happens. All right, let's move into another Beverly Hills marriage that is sadly not doing very well. So Dorit and PK have been married now for years. And there's a lot of people that can say all kinds of things about their relationship. Bubba, PK, PK, PK. Dorit has irked me in the past. Um, just as a viewer, like I haven't loved her throughout the seasons, but I have to say after everything that's happening with everyone else, Dorit has like slowly moved up in the book. She's just such like a iconic housewife with like, that is so chic. And her, just her vibe, I don't know. There's something about her and Jaga and Jaga's little sister, <laughs> Phoenix. I just like her. I don't know why. I like her. So she's 
quite silent on social media um, in general. Like she posts random reels or videos or pictures of her getting ready and looking glam. But in general, her relationship with social media has been like posting some Beverly Hills stuff, posting some, you know, Beverly Beach and like business stuff, and then posting family stuff with her and PK. So a few months ago, we start realizing, uh uh-oh, PK is no longer on her feed. And we've seen this song and dance before. And then we look at PK. And PK doesn't have anything on his feed about Dorit either in the last few months. I think August or something was the last time either of them talked about each other and maybe even before that. Then we go to Dancing with the Stars premiere night a couple, a few weeks ago, maybe a a month or two ago. I can't even remember now when I was there. I remember PK was there. Well, how weird is that? The PK is at Dancing with the Stars supporting Mauricio, sitting at Kyle's table, but Dorit's not anywhere. Isn't that something you would go to with your wife, especially if you're supporting your best friend and and his wife there? So it's a little bit interesting. We started to notice there was a little bit of a separation. There was a little bit of a disconnect. And then don't forget last year, exactly a year ago during BravoCon, when Erica Jane was asked in public on like one of those games with Watch What Happens Live, are Dorit, like who's the next couple that's going to break up? And she said Dorit and PK. Well, that was weird. No one thought anything was was breakable between the two of them. So basically, what we see on the trailer is that PK and Dorit are having a conversation about this robbery. Dorit was home for that robbery. It was incredibly traumatic. If you guys don't remember, two men broke into their house in the middle of the night, went into her room. Um, Her kids were home. Like, it was very, very scary. I believe she had severe PTSD from that break from that break in and he was not there. He was out of town. So when he came home, he obviously felt really bad for her, but I think there's a difference from feeling bad for someone and hoping they just get over it than actually going through it yourself and really struggling with that PTSD. So we do see a little moment in this year's trailer of Dorit and PK having a a conversation where she's like, "PK, I'm seriously still struggling." And he's like, "Still?" He really didn't have the sympathy or the empathy, I would say, in that moment for her. Well, I have now on two sources with whom I completely believe, two sources who are so in the know on Dorit and PK that yes, in fact, they are getting a divorce, at least separation. He is no longer living there. Dorit and PK are no longer a couple at, at this point. And Unfortunately, you know, for them, they have two young kids. It's so sad whenever you see a couple break up, especially because I actually feel like they really, really loved each other. Didn't you guys get that vibe? It was kind of confusing. Why? But like, she was in love with him. Like, she adored him. And as what, from what I know, it is, if I'm wrong, then like people in the world are wrong which I don't believe that. I think that they know enough. I don't know if we'll see it on the season. That's the problem. Or maybe we'll see it towards the end of the season, but it's not being teased in the reunion at all. And unfortunately, you know, that's where we are right now. It's so sad. I I mean, it makes me sad. It just makes me sad when these couples break up. But here's where I respect Dorit and PK is they are not running through, you know, paparazzi heaven trying to get photographed to talk about the demise of their marriage. 
They're keeping it close to themselves. They're not showing up and, and, you know, talking about it with every paparazzi. They're not being seen at events with other people. They are probably family first. And that gives me a little bit more um, respect for them. Because whenever you see a relationship, especially one that is really strong, break up for the press or in the press, it makes you question everything. <clears throat> but when you see someone like a Dorit and Kai and, and PK who clearly are going through major issues, if they're not already getting divorced, they're definitely not together. And we don't know. So I don't know. I feel for them. I feel for them more. I hate to say it. I feel for them more than Kyle and Mauricio because Kyle and Mauricio are like, I don't know. They're taking a bad thing and they're just like making so much money from it. They're just like going all in on their businesses and their and their and the press and the reality shows. And with Dorit, like she could easily be taking this story as well to the press. And maybe she will at some point, but right now we're not seeing it at all. So they're not exploiting it. And I really, I have to say, I appreciate it about them. Okay, you guys. We will be watching tonight and obviously breaking it down tomorrow. I don't think we'll get anything like so super exciting. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of boring. You know how the first episode is. We watched the first seven minutes and put me to sleep. Put me to sleep. You're going to see they're planning for some sort of retreat in the first seven minutes. Like, no, 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 no. Retreats really should come episode three or four. Already boring. Okay, we'll have to see. I really hope they didn't just like hype this up. So we all watch the season and it's nothing. We'll have to know later. You guys, did you watch Winter House? Are you interested in Winter House? Winter House is like the summer house um, spinoff, I should say. Like, So Winter House is a shorter amount of time and they live there in this house in Colorado in the snow. It's a bunch of the reality stars. This season, it's a bunch of reality stars from different Bravo reality shows it's a little bit weird because it's like breaking the fourth wall, almost like that they would do it on, you know, um, the challenge or something where you have a bunch of different reality stars competing or traders where they talk about that they were on a reality show, but it's still filmed like a reality show. So it's a little bit odd, but in this season, let's see, the cast is all over the place. Obviously we have Kyle and Amanda from summer house. We have, um, Malia and Katie from below deck. Is it regular below deck or, or below deck med? Now I can't remember exactly when, which one. Um, we have Jordan of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Gorgeous girl. I didn't watch the entire season of Martha's Vineyard. Did you? Should we? Um, Danielle also of Summer House. Danielle was known as, you know, the third trace amigo basically of, of Carlito and Lindsay. So she's there. She was also like really hard to watch on Summer House. So hopefully we're getting a better version of her here on Summer, on Winter House since she's now newly single. We have Tom Schwartz of Vanderpump Rules. So he comes, but he was supposed to come with Sandoval and he didn't. Brian Benny of Family Karma. I know so many Family Karma fans out there. I was not a viewer of Family Karma. So I have no idea who he is. I'm just learning who he is. And then... um, there's a guy, Alex. Oh, Alex Propson is also on Below Deck franchise. And that is a weird dude. Um, and then finally, we have a girl, Casey Craig, 
totally random, apparently friends with Danielle. I have no idea why they brought her in. She's never been on any reality show. It's a little bit strange. It feels a little forced, but I'm curious to see why they did that. Maybe to just get an even amount of, of women and men in the show. I don't know. So here's what we know. Um, Obviously, it's the same antics. It's a bunch of, you know, drunk ass people in the same house. Oh, Corey, too. I didn't say Corey, I don't think. Corey is also from Summer House. And he is, you know, the one that was dating Sam, the blonde girl who also just joined Summer House. So here's what I think. I watched the first episode. Was I like obsessed with it, dying to watch it, cared so much? Absolutely not. But these are kinds of shows that are great to have on in the background if you really just want some light. Bravo drama. You're not that invested. It's a lot of young people just hooking up, having one night stands, getting wasted beyond belief, eating late night pizza. You see Kyle and his mullet doing all of the crazy things. There's a lot of like probably hot tub making out moments, etc. I find it interesting that, um, you know, uh, Summer House, so Salt Lake City was supposed to be on last night and they put Winter House on instead of them. So they're obviously trying to get some of those viewers. Maybe they just said like, let's sub in one snowy house for another. But they're trying to get some of those viewers. I still recommend, a lot of people say, should I binge Summer House? Should I watch Winter House? I would say 100% you should binge Summer House, especially coming up onto the upcoming season because it will be so interesting. And then of course, Winter House is it's fun. It's fun. And that's it. You know, um, of course there's always drama because when you put a bunch of single people together or not single together in a house with alcohol, you're gonna have shit go down. Um, but it's fun. Danielle is newly single. So it's nice to see her in that way. She's not like holding on to Lindsay and Carl. Oh, Speaking of, last night they had a premiere party in New York at some bar and Kyle posted a picture of him and what he called Zoolander Carl. You guys know my feelings of Carl Radke. Bless his heart. I'm really not trying to tear him down. I find him boring as all. I think he's paint dry Carl. He's so hard to watch on TV. I also am not of the popular mindset because I find Carl Radke to not be attractive. I think Carl Radke is not my type. He's way too skinny. Now he has some weird like mustache thing going on. He looks gaunt. Honestly, if you look at a picture of him now, it's strange. He's so, so skinny. But the crazy thing is that Lindsay Hubbard, his ex fiance, who he just left three months before their wedding, which we'll watch this season on Summer House, she was at the same party. So clearly they've been at the same place now. And I believe they're both going to be at BravoCon. So I'm dying to know how that relationship is going. I think Lindsay's going to be better off. But Carl is, guys, I just, I don't see it. I mean, if you put Carl and Craig in the same room, how can you compare? Craig Conover, shout out to Andrew who sent me his, his post yesterday so I was able to jump right on that. Craig Conover, man. This is actually really funny. Um, shout out to Lance, my husband, but I posted, I shared Craig Conover's post in my Instagram stories because it's him like doing one of those, someone just told me that it was called a jail jail lift or a prison lift where you like take your two arms and you push up on your entire body. And he was doing one of those. And it's a picture. And he said like the road to BravoCon is never easy. Something like that. Guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Craig. Never, ever wanted to buy pillows so badly. So I posted on my stories. Lance comes up to me last night. Dead, dead ass. Dead ass. He comes up to me last night and he goes, should I be worried? 
And I was like, yeah, you should be worried because I'm obsessed with Craig, but I don't think you have anything to worry about. Like you have nothing to worry about. Number one, he's 10 years younger than me. Number one, number two, he's dating a gorgeous, gorgeous girl, Paige. Number three, I am a married podcasting mom of two in Los Angeles. We've, we're good, but I love the eye candy. And I will continue to have a, uh, a very uh, public crush on Craig. Okay? Don't come at me, bro. Love you, Paige. So anyway, we'll have to see what happens. It was just kind of a fun little watch on TV. Watch Winter House if you want a little, you know, some fun in your life. And that's really it. Tonight is Beverly Hills. We're not going to have, you know, a um, a lot to talk about with the first episode, I'm sure. But hopefully there's a little something going on in there. Where are you guys watching it? Are you watching it? And then, um, and then that's it. It's kind of it today. So keep me posted. You guys, if anything good happens, send me a DM always if you see something or post it in the Facebook group. That's where I get all my gossip. Thank you guys so much for being part of the Doser community as always. Thank you. Love you. See you Dosers tomorrow. I'll talk to you guys later.